0: hey Hey, how are you good Good.
1: how are you all right all right so let's start hello everybody and welcome to the insight plug today's guest is an actor writer filmmaker and a sag aftra um member and he's a founder of rain and neon productions please welcome Ken Holmes. All right.
0: Hey, thanks so much for having me on. Um,
1: So how did you get started or um, pursuing filmmaking or just pursuing acting and writing and everything like that?
0: Well, I've been acting since I was a little kid, but I really got bit by the acting bug when I was about 12 years old. I auditioned for a college production of Shakespeare's The Merry Wise of Windsor. And I got the role of Robin, who's this little page. And to me, as a 12 year old, these college students were uh, like professional actors. It was like being on Broadway. And I just thought it was the most amazing thing. I just fell in love with the theater. And like, I loved everything about theater, just the ephemeral nature of it being on stage, the, how fleeting it all was. And um, I was hooked, I did more college shows and I also did some community theater. And um, then I went on to get into, um, when I got into college, I, st- I majored in theater arts with a minor in writing. Um, and uh, that's when I kind of got into script writing a little bit. And I did a couple student movies, but it wasn't until I graduated college in 2009 that I um, started getting into movies a little bit more. A friend suggested that we audition for a movie out in Baltimore. And so we traveled out to to Maryland and auditioned and got into this horror movie. And then the two of us just kind of traveled around, uh, traveled around the States uh, auditioning for movies. I sort of thought of it a little bit as like Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, like how they would travel around um, and, uh, and do stuff together. So it was kind of fun to just have a friend and that's kind of what got the ball rolling.
1: Okay. Um, excuse me. Let me. Look for my questions here. Okay. Here's <clears> my <throat> me. So um, what roadblocks did you face um, when you started pursuing your acting career?
0: what 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 did face- what
1: roadblocks what road did you face when you pursued oh, your acting um, career
0: well uh that's a good question i think the biggest roadblock was location for me actually cuz i come originally from um i mean i was born in new jersey but i grew up in a kind of a small town in vermont where there wasn't really uh, a lot of opportunity, there there really wasn't a lot of any opportunity for film, hardly any. Um, and there was some opportunity for theater, which is, you know, I did a lot of community theater, but nothing really professionally. Um, so, it, and it was, you know, I made a lot of friends, but um, not really, not not too many people within the actual, within the industry who could, you know, help me take it a step further um so that was really the biggest roadblock um when i became uh when i became sag eligible well actually i was sag eligible for a while for a long time before i joined because there's so much non-union work where i was um that it would be pointless to join um i would kind of be shooting myself in the foot because i wouldn't be able to work much Mm -hmm. um but when i when i joined sag uh i think within the, or I guess it was the following year I moved to uh, New York and that was uh, very helpful. And now it's, you know, obviously uh, there's a lot more work um, professionally.
1: So, um, so you are an actor, a filmmaker, and also a, um, you just have so many layers, I guess. My question is how were you able to kind of balance all of that because it almost seems like you're a what they call it jack of all trades did you mm-hmm. focus on being an actor this uh, one for one year and then focus on producing the other how did how do you balance that out for um for people who might be doing being a producer and actor and director and everything like that
0: yeah i think mean, it's an excellent question um it It's not always easy, especially because I have, uh, I'm a very like focused person. I have trouble Mm -hmm. focusing on many things at once. I am, I would say I'm primarily an actor, but um, so that's kind of my main focus. Um, But I also feel like you you got to make your own opportunities in, in this life and in this industry. And that's why I started doing these other things, like the writing and um, writing has always been something I've loved ever since I was a kid. Like even before I could, even before I knew how to write, I would dictate stories to my parents and they would um, transcribe them. And so I just felt like I love characters. I love creating characters and telling stories. so So why not write? And originally I would write things and give them to other people to direct. I still do that sometimes. But then I've just tried my hand at directing when I have time and um, fully knowing that I'm primarily an actor and a writer, but I just want to know how to do as many things as possible. And um, a lot of it, you know, you learn along the way. You got to give yourself permission to fail, you got to give yourself permission to, you know, not every, you're not going to be amazing at everything the first time. So you've just got to give yourself permission. And um, I guess that's that's been the biggest, uh, you know, thing I've got to tell myself and that I would tell other people too.
1: Okay. So what is the greatest achievements that you've, um, that you had so far in your career, in your entertainment industry career?
0: Well, I guess the biggest... First, the first film I did that was um, a big deal to me was called Cold in July. It was, uh, I was an actor in it. I played a, a burglar and I got to act with uh, Michael C. Hall, uh, who's best known for Dexter um, and uh, Six Feet Under. He's done a lot of things though. And so that was kind of a big deal for me getting to, to act opposite him because I was uh, in the opening scene just with him. And um, it went on to Sundance and still plays on TV sometimes. Uh, So that was my first big Mm -hmm. role, uh, or big, not big role, Mm -hmm. uh, but big movie. Um, That was in 2014. And um, I went out to Sundance too and got to network and... Um, you know, that's just an experience I'll never forget. Uh, so as far as acting goes, I would say that was my my uh, my biggest, uh, or at least my first big movie. Um, as far as filmmaking goes though, I would say I did, um, I'm, I've done two things that I'm uh, especially proud of. One is Old Hearts Cafe, which is a web series. Um, I'm not really doing it anymore, but I did some, episodes I'm very proud of Um, and it went on to win awards I wanted to play multiple characters but I basically just played one character now who is named Marcus Montage people Mm -hmm. think that he's based on me but he is uh, a little bit but not as much as people think Uh, and he's a dishwasher who has aspirations to be a filmmaker and I actually did I actually did do dishwashing for a little while. And of course I like filmmaking. So I guess I see why people think he's based on me, but uh, he's not completely. <laughs> and um, that that's actually a comedy, um, kind of a experimental comedy. Um, and then the other project I do, that I, I'm actually still doing it, it's called Zoom Shorts. And I co-created it with um, my dad, Burnham Holmes and our friends, Karen Kalami. And um, we've done, I guess, about 24 episodes so far. And that's, um, so that's been the biggest ongoing project of my filmmaking career. It was born out of COVID. And we were just like, we gotta do something. We're going crazy here. Uh, (laughs) We weren't able to be on set, you know? So Karen came up with the idea of uh, improvised stories um, told over Zoom but we wouldn't have the boxes like we have right now. It would be more of like a monologue. So it'd be, you know, just imagine me talking and then you chime in eventually and like, okay, you're gonna let me talk Mm -hmm. now? Okay, now here's what I think. And so that's kind of how it started. But since then we've been experimenting more and making it more cinematic, I guess. Um, But originally it was just all completely improvised uh, monologues. And that's just been a blast.
1: Okay. And that came and it, out all different
0: genres. Different genres. Oh yeah, it came out of COVID.
1: COVID. Um. So yeah, I wanted to uh segue to that when you said focus on acting side. So you zooming in onto the short films. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it is a short <laughs> series. You said short series. Mm-hmm. Zoomed in twenty-four yeah. episodes. Uh, can you tell me more? So it's a comedy,
0: or. Um, there are comedies. There are also dramas. They're all different genres. Um, and they have different, uh, different characters in each one. So each episode, they're basically short films. Um, so each episode tells a different story, focuses on different characters. Uh, there are reoccurring themes, um, like for instance, uh, a character will be referenced to as in another episode or a location. Like, oh, you know, the, the Old Hearts Cafe, um, that, which is a fictional cafe in my universe, uh, that mm-hmm. will be referenced a few times. Um, but overall, they're different uh, stories, different films and each one stands alone on its own. Uh, it's primarily drama, but there's also comedy. And I definitely want to experiment more. Maybe, maybe do a horror one eventually because okay. uh, I mean, my roots are in horror, so that would be kind of fun. But so far, it's been drama, comedy, and also some romance too.
1: Okay. So, how was the um, the creative process for episode one? What was can you tell us a little bit about that?
0: Yeah, uh, episode one was actually so we take turns writing and directing it. Mm-hmm. the The three of us. I did episode 1 um and it was called the closing line which I thought was kind of clever because it was the first episode so and begin with the end mm-hmm. um and it was entirely improvised but there was a um an outline written um so I I had uh I gave you know the the outline to the first actress and she would um Improvise lines based on what I gave her, and she could do it as many takes as she wanted.
1: Okay.
0: And then I would send her recording to the next person along with an outline, and they would improvise their response. And it was about comedians, and it was about a a young comedian who her girlfriend was, uh, her ex-girlfriend was accusing her of stealing her jokes, her material. Mm And then, um, and then somebody, her current girlfriend, got on the got on the call and started telling the ex to you know go away. And then it ended with um, the main character, the one that everyone was been talking to, uh, and we don't we don't see her until the end. And um, she's gonna get her life together. She kind of uh, descended. She was I guess sober for a long time. She descended back into drugs and alcohol. And then she decided to get clean. She thinks she's going to get her life together. Um, but then a mysterious visitor walks in, play, her brother, who uh, has been a, a shady character in her life, he walks in and then it kind of ends ambiguously. Okay. Uh, so that was the first episode. It was the most minimalist of all the episodes. Uh, it literally was just monologues, no music, Um just monologues everybody self-recorded um because we were you know quarantining mm-hmm. uh, but it was it was I, I think it's a pretty good episode and that i sounds I'm like a really
1: unique um uh, type of show thank you where can we find that um
0: so the- every episode is actually available on youtube, YouTube? Um, okay. i also have a some of the episodes are on Vimeo, but every episode is on YouTube. Okay. Um, so if you look up Zoom shorts, you can watch them all. And mm-hmm. we're also, I want to give a quick plug to uh, my current project, actually, which is a feature film that's based on one of the episodes called I Love You, Maria. Um, and we're actually, that's what I'm currently working on. We're going to do a, a movie shooting in October uh, based off that episode. It's one of our more uh popular episodes and we thought we'd uh do a movie on it
1: okay and you can check that um check out zoom on youtube and also yep. on venno venmo?
0: venmo yeah
1: Vimeo. so since we're on the topic of you know zoom and then you new ways of watching uh t- tv i was wondering do you So, uh, because of the pandemic, a lot of people have been trying different ways of entertainment, like streaming services, Disney Plus, Hulu Plus, things like that. There's a song called "Radio Killed the Uh The T T V Killed the Radio Star," and it's like MTV killed, you know, radio. Mm -hmm. More people are watching that, watching MTV than radio. So, I wonder, what are your thoughts on? on television and film or even Hollywood as a whole and the whole entertainment industry and the and how how we be how we will be entertained um, how do I ask this um like do you think that the streaming service will be the top dog you know what i mean and um yeah. people stop going to movie theaters will um uh, we uh stop will hollywood have to maybe not shut down, but more people would want to produce content on YouTube and on all these new social media spaces because Facebook has, they're building a little um, TV for their universe and they have metaverse coming up too. So Mm -hmm. what are your thoughts on Mm -hmm. that in the entertainment industry?
0: Wow. Well, I have a lot of conflicting feelings about that, to be Mm -hmm. honest. I, I think streaming is amazing uh I think it's great that, like as a filmmaker right now, it's so easy to get your work out there and get eyeballs on it mm-hmm. um, it's it's a it's a in a way, it's a great time to be alive and to be in this industry um at the same time though um I, I do worry a little bit about like what you said about like the death of the movie theater. I love going to the cinema. I go every week if I can. Um, I almost feel like, uh, you know, a hipster that talks about loving vinyl records, you know, and and that's kind of how I feel with the, with the movie theater. I just, I feel like it's such an experience to see a movie on the big screen with an audience Uh, that you don't get if you're just sitting at home um, streaming it. But at the same time, I'm more likely to have a movie that I made streaming than I am to get it in a cinema. So Mm -hmm. like, I I have very mixed feelings about it. I don't want to see the depth of that, but I also like the the opportunity that streaming has provided. Um, I think we need to make sure, since this is the world we're living in we need to make sure it's ethical like we're you know we're paying people what they need to be getting paid um there were some issues with that you know new media agreements and all kinds of stuff like that um so we need to make sure it's ethical um and i i don't want to see the death of the movie theater and uh the death of uh physical media uh because you know i love to to buy a a DVD or a, or a Blu-ray or whatever, have something in my hands. Um, I don't want to see the death of that. Um, but at the same time, it is a, a kind of a, a lot of opportunity out there. And I, so I think there's a positive and negative. Um, it's really not a, a one-sided answer of how I feel about that. It's, I feel two ways about it. Um, I just... I I hope that we can usher in this new world uh, Mm -hmm. of opportunity, but not kill the old as well. Um, I I do feel like there is gonna be, um, I almost worry more, uh, not worry, I almost feel like there's gonna be more of a demise of television than a demise of the movie theater. Cause I think there will still be people that go to the theater that want to see a movie with an audience. But as far as like network TV goes, that's, that's definitely seems to be going down. You know, young people aren't really paying for cable. We're all streaming stuff. So I think there is, that's going to be the big change and we're already heading in that direction.
1: Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Um, I think there would be a hybrid, if anything, of you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Not a complete, uh, because during the pandemic, a lot of people are saying that some people still want to go outside and experience actual air. You know, <laughs> so oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because they have this thing that millennials and anybody after us we just like to stay home and, and just be convenient with laptops and things like that, but I don't know. It, it, but uh, the next question is, um, why do you like acting?
0: Well, it's helped me to understand people. Uh, I was a quiet kid, and it helped me to put myself in other people's shoes. Um, why does this person act this way? You need to understand people if you're going to act. Um, and obviously you can only see things from your own perspective, but you can try as best you can to see things from other people's perspectives. And I feel like acting really helps, um, helps with empathy. And as a, as a loner, at least when I was a kid, I was a loner. And it really, it helped me become more sociable because I I began to understand people more. Um, And so that was initially one of the things that really drew me to acting. And that's still one of the things I love. You know, this world needs empathy. It needs um, people who understand each other and it needs love. And those are things that we can, if we open our hearts to our characters, maybe we can open our hearts to other people as well. Um, so that's uh, that's my number one thing I love about acting. Okay.
1: Um, and uh, what genre do you usually act in? Is it just, is it comedy or a variety of genres?
0: It's a variety. Um, I would say comedy is my number one love. I've been. Loving to make people laugh ever since I was very very little um, but drama uh, drama comedy, and horror are basically my like my three things that I worked on the most um less horror lately lately it's been mostly drama and um, some comedy lately it's mostly drama though um, and I would like to start doing more comedy again because that really was my first love and I'd love to go back to that. Um, um,
1: do you have any, uh? who inspires you within this co- uh, acting career or film career? It can be anybody that you know or a celebrity.
0: Well, there are a lot of people I know that have inspired me. Um, yeah, My father is a writer um, and uh, and an actor too, and he's been very inspirational. Um, I've just various people I've worked with over the years um on stage and in film, uh just getting to watch them work has it's been one of the biggest teachable moments, uh moments in my life. As far as people that we all know though, um some of my biggest inspirations were Philip Seymour Hoffman was I, I saw him on stage uh when I was younger, I think I was about fifteen, I saw him on stage and I didn't even know who he was at the time. There were I saw him in Chekhov's The Seagull and there were all these famous people in it. And he was the only actor I didn't know who he was. And he blew me away. Um and after that I was like, I gotta I gotta watch this guy's other work because he was just phenomenal. Um so he was a big inspiration for me. Um Robin Williams was actually a big inspiration for me. Um, and just right now, there, there's so many people. Um, you know, uh, one of the jack of all trades that I really like right now is uh, Mark Duplass. is an actor and uh, he, he makes movies that are a little bit similar to the kinds of movies I make. Uh, a little bit bare bones. Um, and he's also done some kind of COVID type movies too. Um, so I would say he's, he's an inspiration at the moment. And, uh, another one that was a big inspiration to me as a kid was, uh, Harrison Ford, strangely, because I don't make movies that he like like he makes, but he was an inspiration for me. And on a more obscure note, there was a ventriloquist who had a radio show. His name was Steve Charney. And I know ventriloquism on the radio sounds like the weirdest thing, but, <laughs> but
1: <it>. I love <laughs> him. <laughs> well, I
0: mean, you just got to imagine it. But I did see him live. He actually is a ventriloquist. He wasn't lying. Uh, his name was Steve Charney. He had a show on on uh, the radio, on a radio station in Albany. I think it was WAMC he had a radio, uh, radio show called Knock on Wood and I, I I he did characters um it was kind of like a, a Garrison Killer did Prayer Home Companion it was a little bit like that but geared more towards kids I would say geared more towards family and um that was actually probably my earliest earliest childhood like I want to do something like that I want to do characters and voices and when I started acting like as a kid that's what I thought acting was I thought it was doing voices and uh doing accents and yeah
1: what what do you think is the difference between acting in plays like the technique the practice the routine the auditions Mm -hmm. and things like that um acting in plays in comedy like stand-up or in comedic uh films and uh in television is there a, a way you approach it differently or is it all the same, do you think?
0: Oh, no, it's it's all very different. Um, I mean, you got to approach it all with the same passion, but it's so different. Uh, theater, you rehearse, you rehearse, you rehearse. It's a lot of rehearsing. And then, like I said earlier, it's just ephemeral. It's just over. It's like what I... Um, what it's kind of akin to is like the Tibetan monks, they do the sand art and um, it's so intricate and beautiful. And then they just destroy it. That's what theater is like to me. Um, You create something beautiful and then it's just gone. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's one of the most beautiful things you can do. I'm so glad I have a background in it. I wanna do more of it again um, because there's nothing more in the moment than theater. It's so present. It's so in the moment. film is not like that at all you you do it over you do take after take after take uh you know it takes all day to do like one scene sometimes um sometimes most of the time Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it's very time consuming but then it lasts forever um and you know I can still talk about some movie that I did like today i talking about a movie i did back in 2014 and you can go back and watch that you know you can't really do that with theater yeah um and it's so like there's such attention to detail in film and tv uh and there's so many people the acting isn't even necessary isn't even like the biggest part of it like with theater it feels like acting is the biggest part of it with film and tv it doesn't really feel that way there's like there's uh, sound, there's lighting. There's so many people who help tell the story and they're all doing such important work and nobody can be minimized the job that they're doing. Um, so it it really feels like a village um, to that's creating this story. Um, and also there's so many people you don't necessarily know who all of them are. Mm-hmm. In theater, you know who everybody is. And with a TV show like I'll be working on a show, then I'll come back, you know, the next week or whatever. And it's like a new crew. It's like, what? Well, I have to beat all these <laughs> new people now. Um, so, yeah. And then stand up, which I have less experience in stand up, but I have done it. And that I would say it, that's the one that scares me the most uh, because you can just, you're just putting yourself out there. Yeah. And you can die up there, you know. And, um, but if you kill it feels great um my first time i did pretty well um <laughs> and then my second time i bombed so i can say I, I know what it feels like to do pretty well and to not do well at all and yeah it's it's a uh, it's kind of scary uh but you know i have tremendous uh admiration for people that do it i assume the more you do it the easier it gets like anything um but yeah I I love stand-up. I used to go to the... I live in New York. I used to go to the comedy cellar, like, every week. And, yeah, it's just a blast. New York. Oh, that... Yeah, (laughs) this comedy scene in New York is fantastic. Yeah, it's rough. I wonder if it's similar...
1: Is it similar to, like, the Apollo, where the crowd is so intense, (laughs) like, you have to really show up for the performance, or they will boo you throw you out, even, if they had a chance.
0: I mean, it can be. Comedy sellers is not really like that if as far as I've seen, but I have seen what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, yeah, it can be brutal. Uh, and, you know, mm-hmm. it, it's so embarrassing to watch people die. I went to one, um, this wasn't quite, uh, this wasn't like what you were saying with the Apollo of people getting booed, but I went to one comedy show where it was just a friend and me in the audience. Mm-hmm. And it was just us. And it was like, every joke has to land or else they bombed and they're Mm -hmm. just relying on our laughs and that's just puts so much I just felt so much pressure for these poor comedians and you know like when I go to a comedy show I don't laugh at every joke normally I'm not the only person in the audience uh so that was uh torture for us and I assume them as well
1: yeah so we got 10 minutes left and to close up the okay. show. Um that this is a good interview, by the way. Really, I really like the Zoom idea. I will be checking that out for real. Um Often. fantastic. <laughs> so um what's the next question? What can you tell me? Um or what is what is something you want your audience to remember you as? or remember you by when you're long gone? As an actor, as a producer, a filmmaker, when people say, oh, that's
0: Ken Holmes, what are some words
1: or what do you want people to say about you?
0: I definitely want people to remember me as an actor and a I I guess most of all, a storyteller. Um. So filmmaking, acting, I think of it all, it's just like just telling stories, um, showing characters, and situations uh almost like uh filmmaking, acting, it's all just like painting, broad paintbrush mm-hmm. uh paint uh brush strokes. Um and I hope that people will think that I I added something to the scene, that I had my own voice and that I brought forth something unique. Mm-hmm. Um Whatever that is, I feel like every story I tell is a little bit different, but I hope that with each one, um, I brought something to the table that wasn't said before.
1: Okay. And where can people find you? Like, do you have any socials or a website? Where can people mm-hmm. get in touch, the audience get in touch?
0: Well, you can find me on Instagram. Uh, it's Ken Holmes is my main Instagram. I also have another a backup account just that's Ken R. Holmes. So either one of those are my Instagrams. Um, I also have a production company, Rain and Neon Productions. You can find them on Facebook and Instagram. And uh, of course, on IMDb, just look up Ken Holmes. Um, I think most of my filmography is, is listed on there. And Zoom Shorts on uh, YouTube and um, and IMDb as well, and Facebook.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Ken Holmes, for this interview. I hope everyone is having thank a great you. day. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. All right. So see you on the next episode, people. Bye-bye. Oh, right,
0: Cheers.